Hello and welcome to the fourth installment of the Shred Shack Podcast. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And uh, this week, not as epic of a new release uh, schedule as last week, but we're going to go right into it and start talking about some of the stuff that came out this past Friday, August 28th. Um, what do you got on for it? Well, my number one this week was Soil Work. mentioned last week that I am a big fanboy of this band and the Ride Majestic came out on the 28th and it is awesome. So flipping good. Um, I want to save my comments uh, and details for our, our top three video which we're going to do next week. Yep. Uh, so just know that it is awesome and you should definitely pick that shit up. Yes, spoiler alert, we're doing a top three for the month of August. <laughs> which, like, we were supposed to record it today but after... I, I tried to go through everything in the last month that came out. This week was this month was such an amazing month, yeah. and I'm like, oh man, I need to listen to like all this stuff, and like really, really kind of take take in a lot of it. I might have my full three lists, but you know, I I, I have to listen to this new Symphony X again and stuff like that. Yeah, I actually just re-listened to that the other day too. It's it's good. It's, it's good. I I it might be on my list, or it's going to be an honorable mention. I have I have a few things to say, so. Um, but aside from that, um, Audiotopsy. Did you hear about Audiotopsy? No, guitar player from Mudvayne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that yeah. came out this week. I heard a track from it. Is it just him, or is it uh, other members of the of Monday? I didn't really look much into it. I was okay. just kind of going down the list, and uh, I happened to see, uh, you know, Greg Trivet, and I was like, oh, I, I know that name, that guy. Uh, when I listened to it, of it, it was it was pretty good. Uh, better than Hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Hell Yeah, so I would say yes. <laughs> I, I, I won't even get into that conversation. Yeah, I, I, I've seen I've seen Hell Yeah live. I wasn't I wasn't big on them, so it's. Yeah. It's funny, I saw Hell Yeah Alive with Blood Simple, and I'd much rather listen to Blood Simple all day. Oh, Blood Simple, it's at least one member of Vision of Zorda, if I'm it's right. It's, but just him, like no I, other? I'm really not sure, but it, it's, I just know it's Tim Williams, yeah. and that's what kind of drew me to it, gotcha. and the music was really good. Okay. But aside from that. You were mentioning the new Ahab. Yes. I really like that album. It's called The Boats of Glenn Carrick. 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 And it is, I really liked it except for one thing mm -hmm. the clean vocals. It sounded way too like he was trying to be operatic or like a low register operatic and it, it failed miserably. Uh -huh. Like everything else about it was really good. Like the, the death metal vocals or the, the black metal like screeching vocals were really good. The music, the music was great. I love the long tracks. I love the epicness of it. Five tracks long. 60 minutes of music. Yeah, it's not considered an EP. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I liked everything about it except for the clean vocals. And, you know, it kind of just threw me off. And fortunately enough, the clean vocals aren't going to play that much of a prominent role in the album as a whole. But when they do come in, it's kind of like, whoa, 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 what is that? Now, I, I did listen to this album earlier in the week, um, and I, I got a very heavy earlier Opeth vibe from it. Yeah. So yeah. It's, 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 it's got that, that really kind of slow, Earl, like doom metal, death metal uh, vibe to it. Not again, not necessarily my my deal, but it was it was pretty good. But uh, I would not, you know, I wouldn't consider it my top of the month or anything like that. So no, no. yeah, uh, another one that came out this week, uh, the Die Krupp's new album. German industrial band. Uh, I was listening to only snippets because I couldn't actually find the full album. I didn't, uh, you know, go out and buy it or anything. But I put them somewhere between KMFDM and Ramstein. That's actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's it's less. I'd say it's less of like the chugging metal that is Ramstein. But if you took those vocals and threw it on the more industrial style of KMFDM, although a little bit more scaled back, that's Dicrops. And it's it's pretty good. I, I would consider checking more of it out in the future, but again, I can only find snippets thus far. So, you got another one? Yeah, Motorhead. Bad Magic. Motorhead always has an album. And to tell you the truth, I love it. It's it, really good. It sounds like Motorhead. And, and the thing is, it's, it's so funny because I'm listening to it and they haven't changed their sound in like 50 years yeah. or however long they've been around. Lemmy's voice sounds exactly the same. Lemmy's voice sounds exactly the same. And the funny thing is that you listen to bands nowadays who get praised for sounding like that. It's like, but Motorhead's been sounding like that for 40 years. Yeah. And like they haven't, the only thing that sounds better about them now is that the technology is better for recording. Yeah. You, like you, the sound is more pristine. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, it's just straight up good heavy rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I have... The, the highlight of the album, actually, for me, was their cover of Sympathy for the Devil. Didn't get that far into the album. Oh, man. So. It's actually a very good... Um, very... Uh, what was it? What was the word? True. Faithful. Okay. Very faithful uh, version of the song. Uh, the straight down to the heavier. woo-woo. Straight down to the woo-woo. <laughs> um, of course, it's not bongos or percussion. It's more, it's more tom drums from, from Mickey D there. Okay. But um, it's a really good, good record. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I recommend picking it up because you don't know if it's going to be the last one or not, considering Lenny's recent health issues. Which we're going to be discussing in a little while. Um, what do I have next? I have, I don't know if you saw the band Terra. Which sounds like it might be a knockoff of Pantera. Yeah. Um, Part of the reason I mentioned them, actually two reasons I mentioned them. Um, going through this list and going through this past month's stuff, I'm realizing more and more that Inverse Records, in particular, the stuff that they have, maybe it's not always like top-notch super material, but they have a lot of good bands, and they had 
four good releases this week, one of which was Riftera. The reason I'm mentioning in particular to you is that the one song I was able to find on YouTube has uh, Speed Strid from Soilwork. Oh. And they do a duet. Oh, and it's, and it's pretty. It's pretty in the vein of soil work. You know, he does the clean vocals for the okay. whole, from what I can tell. Um, really good, heavy. The again, the big thing for me is the hook. That's what the chorus does. It just kind of sucks you in with a duet. Are they um, Are they from Sweden or? Offhand, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I just kind of pulled up the track. This is also me searching around for stuff at 3 a.m., so I'm just kind of like... Uh, <laughs> Zombie work? Yeah, so... But, like, I figured you would be into that. Definitely gonna look into that one. Yeah, look into that. Again, this is, like, inverse records. Like, they're winning me over, like, every time I hear something different. So, um... But Simulacrum, Sky Divided, is a pretty good album as well. Or good... At least the one track I heard sounds pretty good. Um, Embassy of Silence, inverse records. These guys... They're releasing some really good stuff. I'd say look into them a little bit more. If you see a new release coming out that's on their record label, definitely check it out if you're into, you know, that, um, that like melodic death metal-ish knife. So, what else you got? Um, nothing new, really. Uh, those are my, my main three. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went to Skateboard Marketing and uh, downloaded some stuff that's coming out in the next, like, two weeks that we'll, I was listening we'll to. That. But we're going to save that for those when they actually are released. Yeah. So. But there's one thing I have been re-listening to as of late, besides Symphony X, and I was going through the new release albums uh, list, and I saw a band called Barrows, or Barrows, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a band from California. It's an instrumental trio. It's a completely different thing. Um, but because I, I got the confusion, I went back and I listened to um, the one I thought of, which is a California band from um, trio. They're instrumental, and... I think they're actually called The Barrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had an album come out about a year or two ago that was post metal sucks as, like, you know, not quite metal, but definitely worth a listen to. And it's an album called Red Giant. And what that is, is an actual concept album, which you don't think about as far as instrumentals go, but it's a musical journey of the birth, death, and what happens after a star dies. And it's sonically incredible. Mm. I mean, it, it's such a journey. We, um, like I said, it's the star being born, black hole, wormhole, and everything else in between that. And it just sounds incredible. And it's made by three dudes and no words. It's just music. great, great music. And there's no real style to it because there's definitely some elements of, of um, progressive rock. There's some there's straight up rock and roll in there. It's just really good stuff to listen to. I mean, if you need some background music, if you're working or something like that, just put that on and you, you, you'll lose 50 minutes and don't even know what happened. Never heard of them, so... Oh, it's definitely worth listening to. I, I went and uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll share it on... Uh, I found their Bandcamp and I'll, uh, I'll share that. Yeah, Bandcamp is... Uh yeah, that's a new that's a new discovery for me. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they're definitely being uh, quite helpful. Also, another thing is um, a lot of um, smaller bands... A lot of times they'll release their stuff through CD Baby, which is, yeah, you know what that is. But if you don't know what it is, um, it's basically another like CD website where, where a lot of smaller bands will sell their stuff. It's basically like a, a marketplace for them. Um, what I'm finding, I'm not sure if it's actually a legit thing or not, um, but a lot of stuff that is being sold through CD Baby is finding its way onto YouTube sometimes in its entirety, which oh. some of the new albums that I found this past week... Uh, we're put up onto YouTube track by track 
and it'll say like you know contributed to YouTube by CD Baby or whatever else. Um, and I would think that this was just a fluke, but there are a lot of albums up there, including um, another new one from this week called uh, from the band Earn. The album is called Epiphany. Um, it's kind of a, it's a doom death metalish thing, but a little bit more emphasis on the cleaner vocals. Um, it almost kind of has a bit of a more folk element also in the vocals. Like they have, like it sounds kind of like they have an accent, and there are some folky instruments in the background from the tracks that I heard. Earn. As in like the as, Undertaker's Earn. As in like Paul Barrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Yes, Earn. Um, but yeah. Stuff like that appeared on, on YouTube in its entirety, and I was able to listen to it, and that in particular caught my ear. Um, but other things from CD Baby seem to be kind of finding their way. Um, a lot of full albums that came out this, this week have been finding their way on there, and perhaps not in an illegitimate way. So sometimes you may want to go on there and just listen to it, look for a stream. Like After they're done streaming, maybe they'll put it up on their site for listening like that, you know? So it's been a good way, at least for the last few weeks, for me to find these kind of things. One thing I figured you would have mentioned, I think Niall has a new album out this week. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Okay. That's why. Okay. But aside from that, we had mentioned Pentagram a few weeks ago. That album finally came out. Yep. Although I heard it was supposed to come out last week. I don't know which is true. Either way, new Pentagram album. We had mentioned it's kind of like a fast-paced, lo-fi, a little bit of a uh, messy fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it's it's it's. I don't really know how to describe it really. <laughs> it's good though <laughs> um, last thing I will mention um, one thing I, I did check out I only got to hear this band covering something but if their cover is any indication uh, the rest of the album will probably be good Cobra and the Lotus Heard the name. The name, yes, it is. This is a. This is another. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be a rock group because they covered the song "Black Velvet," which I did oh, not know was a cover. The Pet Benatar song. I, I don't the know. Pet Benatar. I don't know. It's apparently a song about Elvis. Oh, I might be thinking about something completely different. Maybe yes, <laughs> but um, I didn't know it was a cover until Lindsay walks into the room while I'm listening to it, and starts singing the fucking song. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, did you just pick this up from hearing it, or you know the song? And it's a cover. But either way, it's clean, sound is very thick. The, the original song and the way they do it is very bluesy. It'd be great if the rest of their sound was as bluesy, because it's fucking good. And their singer, I don't know the lady's name, but she's fucking good. It's not operatic, it's just a very straightforward, 
female voice, and it's good. Um, I'm hoping the rest of the album will be just as good, but otherwise, it's an EP, Words of the Prophet, check it out, Kohler and the Lotus. Uh, I think, for the most part, that'll do it for us with the new releases. There are a handful of other ones. Go check them out. Um, any place that lists new releases, Metal Sucks, Blabbermouth, HeavyMetal.About.com. And, yeah, that uh, website that you gave me, that one particular is very, very helpful. I feel like the other places get their list from this, this thing, because this list is always, like, it's weeks in advance, but it's the same format as what Metal Sucks shows. Yeah, that Metal Sucks just kind of highlights certain ones. Exactly. Actually, like, quick reviews or, like, links to them. So. Yeah, so, like, this is where I go, like, I, I get this, I, I try to, you know, keep up and get a little bit, like, ahead of things, which I, I don't always succeed at. Well, this is, that's actually what I was mentioning before, because I, I downloaded all these things from skate, the skateboard uh, marketing, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, does this all come out this week? So I had to go back and check and make yeah. sure. Yeah, that's why this place is good, heavymetal.about.com. They have a list of um, new releases for heavy metal, and, like, as of right now, they cover well into October. Yeah. So if you want to know what's coming out or what's tentatively coming out when, um, that's your source. And, you know, every single week we'll try to keep up and let you know what we think. And uh, you guys should let us know what you think. So um, let us know on the Shredcheck page or other places because we'll have uh, more Facebook sites to name later. But in the meantime, let's talk about news. News. Um, Biggest one I found this week... Century Media being bought out by Sony. $17 million, I believe, was the amount. That's not big. Yes, it's paid a purchase price of $17 million. Um, I'm not exactly sure what this means for Century Media. I'm hoping good things. I'm thinking this probably gives it more of a... more backing, I guess. Yeah. And probably, at least, probably a better distribution. At least. But I mean, Century Media is one of the bigger ones already, um, and they already distribute for other people. I mean... True. Yeah, CM Distro takes care of that. But it is definitely good, as you were saying, for distribution purposes, um, because they do cover a lot of bands. Like, Century Media records on their own cover a lot of the bigger names in uh, in metal now, um, and many have been there in the past. Well, I'm, I'm reading on Blabbermouth right now. The four that they list in particular here in this moment, Suicide Silence, Shadows Fall, Lacuna Coil. I could probably rattle off a few more. Uh, Iced Earth used to be on Century Media yeah. before they moved on. I believe they're, what, nuclear last now? Or... I have to check. Either way. <laughs> if you're not in Century Media, you're likely on Nuclear Blast. <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> right. if you're a bigger metal band, that's the case. Period. But, like you said, this will probably be good for distribution. Um <laughs> Yeah, soil work, nuclear blast, and that's by uh, UDUDR. Yeah, I keep use, looking at useless information over, yeah. which means I think Universal. He's looking at the copies of the albums that he just bought, which is uh, Motorhead and Soil Work. Yeah. But um, I am excited to see where this goes. I am upset right now though because with the whole buyout. CM Distro is currently down. I can't go buy fucking music. <laughs> oh, shit. You dicks. <laughs> I actually went on there to go buy the new Archer album, which I'm going to talk about in the video. But I couldn't go get it because CM Distro was down. But if it comes back, it's better, it's bigger, wider, if everything's just, you know, made more elaborate. I, I was just going to say, as long as they keep the, uh, the vibe of the original record label mm-hmm. with backing of the Sony. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. 
You know, as long as they don't, as long as Sony doesn't be like, all right, we bought this record company, now everyone's under Sony. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like Marvel and Star Wars with Disney over them. Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. I, I'm hoping with that kind of backing, you'll be able to do a lot more for the scene. You know, this, this scene of rock and metal that everyone seems to be saying is dead. Fuck off. But if you have that kind of backing, I'm hoping for great things. Well, then the other thing I worry about in that same vein is, as, I don't know if you noticed, well, I didn't notice because still buying Star Wars stuff. Mm. Prices got jacked up because it's backed by Disney now. Disney's expensive as shit. And they're they're also getting ready for the new movie. Yeah, so I'm I'd be concerned about Sony jacking prices up on stuff that, on Century Media that's usually reasonably priced. Even the imports are reasonably priced yeah. in comparison to the other other records. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that they don't have that much sway in in the whole scheme of things. Um, I don't think I've seen like anything super overpriced on Century Media in years. Mm-hmm. I think like their prices tend to max out at twelve or thirteen for a single disc album, which is basically like that's my personal max. I when a new album comes out, I want to spend like ten bucks on it. Period. That's right. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the best buy way. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, I, I I'm hoping that there is no significant change in in price as you're as you're suggesting, it might be. Right. Because CDs are already dying, and, which is making me sad I'm staring at my CD collection right now. CDs are already dying. Digital music is apparently becoming a bigger thing. Which sucks. Which, you know, again, I don't... I, I, I can get everything for free if I really wanted to, but I'd rather buy it and have a physical thing. Yeah, I like the collecting part, yeah. the organization part, and the complete and utter obsessiveness of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it's, it's, it's just something, it's, it's personally satisfying. People may not understand it, you know, but it's personally satisfying for me to have the CD. Even like, I'll just sit there and have a bad day and be like, man, I really just wish I had like a new thing in my hand. Bam, CD. Fucking happy. So, you know, the liner notes are always awesome. Yeah. I love reading, like, especially if they have the lyrics there. I love the reading the lyrics and all the music and everything else. So, yeah. It's, yeah, so, if they... I'm hoping that that's not the case where they start raising the price of everything. Go raise the price of digital music. That's the thing that's selling. Oh, the price of CDs. Yeah, I'll take that any day. <laughs> yeah, come on. Any day. So, yeah. Um, but otherwise, I, again, I'm, I, I have high hopes for whatever's going to come with this whole Sony buyout. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. And please put CM Distro back up so I can buy some stuff, please. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just got the job. I, I think his hand is shaking. You can't see it, but his hand is shaking. I talk with my hands, so I'm always shaking my hands in some way. With it's, my... it's like he's going to withdraw. <laughs> um, what else in the news? Uh, so aside from the Century Media buyout, there is a um, a documentary coming out in October that is called "The Soaring Highs and Brutal Lows: The Voices of Women in Metal." A uh, documentary about female vocalists in heavy metal. Uh, if that wasn't obvious enough from the title. Hmm. Um, I'm excited to see this. I'm excited just because um, we are getting a lot more women singing, in, not even just singing, women in heavy metal, period, not only as musicians, but also as journalists and general fans. And I think that something like this is definitely going to at least make slightly more aware that this is a thing that is happening. And it's been happening. And it's been happening. <laughs> you know, whether or not you like it, it is a thing that exists. 
And I, I, I think I'm hoping that we get more stuff like this. And it definitely, like, I, whenever I get the first chance to see it, I'm going to see it. I didn't get to watch the trailer yet, but if you want to, go onto YouTube, look for Soaring Highs and Brutal Lows. There is a little teaser trailer for the documentary out there. Uh, there's apparently going to be a premiere in the Netherlands, so not important to us here in Texas. <laughs> but the movie premiere is going to have an acoustic performance by Stream of Passion, which used to be Ariel Lucasen's side band, but he left and is now, I believe, led by Marcela, who was on... Arion's uh, Human Equation album, and uh, also featuring a guest spot by Anarchy Van Giersberg, who is former singer of The Gathering. She has sung with yeah, everybody. <laughs> with, with Arion, Devin Townsend, uh, Gentle Storm. Gentle Storm. Um, I don't know where else, but her voice her, is great. Her, her own solo works really good. Yeah. Uh, she did a really good duet with uh, Sharon, Sharon from uh, With Temptation on their Black Symphony record. Nice. Uh, that was really good. Um, She's just an all-around fantastic vocalist. Yeah, yes. Speaking of female in the metal. I mean, yeah. That God. Yes, absolutely. So so that's coming out in October. Be sure to keep an ear out and uh, you know, check it out when you can. Um, we mentioned before about Motorhead and, and Lemmy. Lemmy is once again having uh, some health issues that have unfortunately caused him to stop a show early and cancel their appearance at a show. Uh, for the last two nights, I believe. Yeah, it was four songs into a show in Utah where he started having trouble breathing, and so they, they you know, they, they stopped the show, and then they canceled the show in Denver, obviously because of the altitude there. That wasn't going to help him in his breathing at all. No. So they reluctantly canceled that show, and they were supposed to pick back up. So I think this weekend back to Texas for uh, the, the next round of shows. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate thing is that this is becoming more and more of a common occurrence yeah. for Motorhead. Um, I'm, I know back in the day, even up to like three years ago, they were the road dogs. I mean, they didn't cancel shows. They just played. And as of late, with all of Lenny's health issues, it's becoming something of an issue, I think, to the point where if I was to see Motorhead come to town, I'd become weary about buying tickets. It's like it's like buying tickets to Guns N' Roses. You're a little unsure about the turnout. It's the same thing with, with uh, Ozzy Osbourne mm-hmm. or... Uh, don't have a pause with Scott Wireless in <laughs> Don't, don't even get me started. <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> oh man, we can go on about that one. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a little disconcerting as far as being a fan. The good thing is, like, I don't are they headlining the tour? I think they are. Okay, but they're also being being um, they're also touring with Sack. Saxon, yeah. And, and I'm not sure who else. Okay, I thought I saw Crowbot. I also thought I saw Armored Saint. Possibly. If Motorhead were to drop out and those bands were to step up and do longer sets, that's I would not be dismayed by that. Yeah, that's a show. Again, I had I saw Armored Saint a few months ago. They were great. I had a chance to see Saxon. Uh, and I unfortunately did not stick around for that. But if they were to step up and do longer shows, I would be okay with, with Motorhead missing out, especially because I've seen Motorhead a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, it may suck if you have not seen them and you want to see them before anything should happen. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely become a point where you're, you're wondering, like, is, am I going to see them tonight? Are they going to play the full show? It's, it's, it's a fun tr- unfortunately uh, a little rough for the, the country goer, and obviously rough for Lemmy, because as tough as nails as he may be, he needs to kind of understand... He's not to slow down. Well, he's, he's apparently slowed down, but I don't... By switching from Jack Daniels to Vodka. Yeah, I read that article, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, you know... 
I, I, I don't want it to sound horrible, but when when he is physically unable to do this anymore, I will not be surprised. Well, if, the funny thing is is that if he's not able to play shows anymore, but keep on releasing albums like he, like they just did this week, yeah. I'm perfectly cool with that. Yeah. I mean, the Beatles stopped touring like a couple years into their career. They released like five albums without touring at all. Yeah. So if if all they did was release albums from here on out until like, the day Lemmy died, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Yeah, and and, and that's that, that's perfectly fine because it's not like you have to sit there and, and go out and necessarily sell the record. You're Motorhead. Yeah, people will know people it's coming will out, buy it. <laughs> and, and and those diehards will buy it. People, you know, the, the the newer crowd will come come fetch it. They'll download it digitally because that's where it goes. God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, on the on the plus side, it is good to see that someone who is struggling health wise is still getting up there and saying, "Fuck it, I'm going to do whatever." Fuck! I want just play. Well, I just hope he doesn't die on stage. And if he if he does, does he dies with his boots on. So well, yeah, if he does, he would be like, "Yep, I've I've done it all." The ultimate rock star death. Yeah, yeah he, he he. I think he in a recent interview he said, "If I die on the road, as whatever, I can't do an impression of him, so I'm not gonna try." But yeah. no, the little trail off would have been great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so ho- hopefully some things get a, a little bit better and they can perform in. Lower altitudes, such as <laughs> such as in Texas. Such as Texas, we are very close to the good <laughs> Um Lastly, or second to lastly, Tony McAlpine, who is uh, does a lot of supergroup stuff, including uh, PSMS, which is Mike Portnoy, Billy Sheehan, Derek Sherinian, and Tony McAlpine himself. Planet X, which Derek Sherinian again. Awesome uh, stuff. Yeah, I that's know. I have a couple of their albums, and it's pretty it's pretty intense. Uh, has apparently also played with Steve Vai and is part of, a, part of a jazz fusion group named Cab. Yeah, you know, I've seen him uh, just on that metal show when they have like the guest guitars yeah. and just him playing by himself is like... <laughs> so, a fantastic guitar player uh, has unfortunately had to postpone his tours uh, in Asia and Australia due to illness and people are suspecting that it is cancer based on what we have been told. Um, and this goes back into... Unfortunately, people musicians are getting unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we talked about this last week. Yes, yeah, so we were talking about this last week with, with you know like everyone seems to just be getting cancer and it's, it's really sucks that a lot of our uh, a lot of our talent is is uh, unfortunately getting sick and it just it does suck. I I, I can't. I sure really hope that's as treatable as like Tony Iommi's lymphoma yeah. and Bruce Dickinson's tongue cancer. Yeah, I mean these guys made. I mean, Awesome comebacks. I mean, Tony Elmi's as old as he is, coming back from that kind of cancer after all that treatment, and it's still kicking ass. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, Bruce Dickinson. Honestly, if they didn't tell us that he had cancer, would we have known? No, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but these, uh, these, these, these artists who are, who are getting cancer, thankfully, they are, you know, they are keeping, they are keeping their cool in general. It seems. Uh, which again, Bruce Dickinson was just the, the band was just like, yeah, he he did his thing, he's back with us, we're cool. You know, you know? again, Tony Iommi, uh, which is actually the lead-in for these the last news article I had. Tony Iommi's out there um, attending um, support things. Uh, this is like the the Mac Miller Cancer Support Not Alone Isolation Box. Um, apparently, um, this 
particular support organization. They, they build a box that you can, you can get into. You can't see out, but everyone can see in. And it's supposed to demonstrate the isolation of, oh. of, of being a, uh, having cancer. Basically, like, you know, once you find out, you begin to kind of isolate. It leads to um, things like depression and whatnot. It's supposed to give that feeling. Um, and Tony Iommi showed up, stood in the box for a couple of minutes just to kind of be there, show his face, you know, be a supporter, which is great because, you know, again, I don't, we don't see enough support for stuff like that. I feel in in our community, or we we are not seen as the type who would support that kind of thing. It's also like it only happened. I think it only makes a big deal. It's, it's only made a, a big deal of when somebody like Tony Iommi that gets it. I mean. Peter Chris had breast cancer. Yeah. You don't see guys lining up with the pink ribbons on their chest because Peter Chris had, had breast cancer. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, though, considering that it, it is KISS and it's also breast cancer, which people think, oh, cancer of the tits, it's a guy, ha, ha, ha. It's like, no, that is not even a fucking joke. Yeah. Like, you need to kind of just back the fuck up, you know? And, again, it's good that a, what I would call an icon of our, of our, music is up there and, and showing his support and you know so they're saying like I have it you know we are not alone you're all not alone you know we are we are we are a community we're here to support and I feel like that needs to be all as good as I've I've seen as good of support as I've seen in, in our community there's also this very heavy like don't give a fuck from the, from from the metal community and I think that something like this is good for combating that kind of, um, for lack of a better term, disinterest. So, so good on you, Tony Iommi. Huh? That's the ego. That's the word I was thinking of. But good on you, Tony Iommi. Tony McAlpine, get better. Whichever, whatever it may be, if it's cancer or anything like that, get better and shred, shred that guitar. Like, you know, play fast enough to set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Unleash the fury. Unleash the fucking fury. <laughs> Being based, uh, I'm a new god. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love that clip. <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, we're fantastic on time because we're only half an hour in and we're getting to our topic, so... Oh, wow. All right. We're on, like, record setting here. Yes. <laughs> well, because we went, we went through everything pretty quick this week. Um, our topic, we did mention... Um, Two episodes ago, it was um, it was based on an article by Doc Coyle from God forbid I don't know what he wrote it for what he wrote it for he wrote it for uh, VH1 Classic uh, hmm. online actually okay he, he's been writing ever since he's uh, uh, oh my god I almost said Lemon God God forbid has uh, disbanded he's hmm. been writing for like Metal Sucks he's been writing for VH1 Classic um, he's just, he's actually a very good writer as far as um, you know, reading it as as far as it being like an editorial, because you know he's giving his opinion on these things. Yeah. But it's a lot more sub objective, I guess, would be or subjective, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, it's uh, objective is, is basically looking on looking at the from the outside and not having a bias. Okay. I'd say. Well, I guess he's more uh, he's more objective than than most people would be because he is he's obviously been in the music industry and a lot of things he talks about are about the music industry and this particular topic we're going to discuss is quantity over quality as far as as far as, as bands releasing albums too quickly okay. or too many albums too quickly okay. um, and he mentioned specifically in his art in his article that 
for bands to make money, they have to go through what they call the album cycle. The album cycle is the recording, the promoting, the release, and then the tour supporting that album. And once that happens, and you're off the tour and whatnot, you kind of slow down in, in the whole money-making department. And that means you have to release a new album, because you have to have interest. You have to go out there on tour, and you have to have something new to present to these people. And he feels that sometimes people just churn out crap. I mean, if you think about it, Corn released like three albums in the last like five years, and it's Corn. So one of them was the dubstep experimentation. Yeah, I mean, like I think like that was like 2011. Something like that was, think, yeah. and then like they released another album in between them when uh, Head came back to the band, and they just released one I think just recently. I think uh, everything past like the untitled album, I, well, I haven't paid much attention. Yeah, well, there's there's that's one bit in particular. Um, my feeling is that I think depending on. The quality of music. I mean, Revocation, I just got to Revocation in 2011, mm -hmm. uh, Patch live show, okay. and since then they've released three albums. That's three years, four years since I've been listening. 2011, so yeah. Yeah, and each one's gotten better. Okay. Um, so I, I just don't, I don't know. I think, I think it all depends on the quality of music um, and what they're, what the band's doing. It's like, so if they release three really good albums, I, I had no complaints with it. But if it's like a big name band like Megadeth or Korn is just kind of churning out stuff to kind of keep their name out there, I think it's kind of like kind of ruining almost like their legacy. Yeah. So. Um, well, this is also we're talking in a more modern sense as well because if you look back to seventies, bands in the seventies used to release shit used to be in the studio every six months. That's true. Like I think I sometimes get confused about um, about Sabbath albums because the first six right after Sabotage, pretty sure Sabotage was like seventy three, seventy four, which means that six albums came out in four years. Those are classic albums, yes, but but like could bands get away with that now? Yeah, you think about. It. The Beatles, they released their entire canon, every, whatever it is, everyone thinks of that the Beatles catalog, 10 years. Yeah, yeah, everything that they have, you know, excluding all that extra shit that they had, 10 years. Uh, was, no, actually less than that. It was, uh, it was, I think it was 1963 it was, for Please Please Me, right up until Let It Be to 1970. So seven years for roughly 10 to 12 studio albums. And then they also think about Pantera. Pantera? From Cowboys from Hell to Reinventing the Steel. Eight years. Which five albums? Not bad, but still, you. Yeah. Still, I mean, come on. Metallica releases albums every five to ten years. But that's that's another argument that we can make in a little while. It's about bands taking too long to do things and having them be suck. I need democracy. Stop it! <laughs> Don't try to defend it. Just in, stop. in six months' time, check out my new series, I Advocate, <laughs> episode number one, Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> that's actually a thing that I'm working on someday for real <laughs> for real oh my god it, it's, yeah. way, it's way down the line it's, it's also on my my uh, on my list of also Blaze Bailey and Iron Maiden it was not that bad but regardless um, with with bands releasing too much music it's for people who like, like us in particular like we are collectors we like to get into the music we like to buy the music if you're releasing something every single year, it's a little bit rougher to, to go out and buy it. A lot of people are, you know, 
like people who are in the industry are itching for money. They are saying like you know digital and, and the internet is causing a hamper. If you're putting out too much, you're expecting too much from us to buy it all. Well, look at you, Devin Townsend. Devin Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, at least with Devin Townsend, it's varied. Yeah. He releases different projects. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the Devin Townsend project, which is one thing. Then he's got House Needs a Cool, which is another thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's got his live stuff, uh, Retinal Circus, which, which was incredible. He's got the new Ziltoid thing coming out next month. Yeah. He's releasing an autobiography with an acoustic EP or some shit like that. He's doing a symphony now. I mean, this guy is prolific to the point where it's scary. But I think at least it's very. Yes. It's, it's definitely good that, that there are people like him out there doing it. Um, in fact, I can't think of very many other people who I would want to be doing that. Because I'm thinking along the lines of someone like Frank Zappa. Oh, my God. Had so much material over the course of his career. I think he started early 60s. I want to guess and say like 63, 64 was one of the first ones. Last album, 93. So much fucking music came out. I'm not talking about the studio stuff. There must have been like 30 some odd live albums, 30 some odd studio albums. But like live material, um, collaborations with everybody else in the friggin' sun. Uh, isn't this that and the other thing? Devin Townsend is metal's Frank Zappa in a way. You also say the same thing about Buckethead. Buckethead, which, oh, well, problem, part of the problem with Buckethead in particular, it's very hard to find a lot of his stuff. Right. So if you're making all his music, that's great. If you're actually releasing it onto CD, that's great and everything. But, like, if you make it difficult for us to get to it, then, like, it's, that's really Plus, one of those things, like, where do you start? Like, I remember I went to a Buckethead show, yeah. which was, it was kind of technicalities played. Like, it was just him and an amp, and it was... You know, a lot of problems. But anyway, we were sitting there in the crowd, and one guy asked me, he's like, so what's your favorite Buckethead album? And I said, oh, I really like, you know, Coma, and I like his last one, uh, which is Buckethead and Friends. And then it struck me, he's like, well, what version of Buckethead? Because he's got all the Buckethead stuff, but then he's got a band that I picked up called Praxis, which he did with Bootsy Collins. Mm-hmm. And then there's work he did with this band, this, this, this over here, and then like he did stuff with Surge, and blah, 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 blah. It's like, where do you start with some of these guys, and why are you releasing so much stuff sometimes? Yeah, I mean, again, it's good that guys like Buckethead and Devin Townsend are releasing so much material, and it's buried, but if you're turning out an album... Every six months. Every Well, thankfully, no, no one does that anymore, thankfully. Like, no one turns out that quickly. Like, six months is, is pushing it a year, is more likely. Um, and thankfully, you know, the people aren't turning it out that fast. But I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> Shit. What are you talking about guys like Buckethead and Devin Townsend releasing so much music? And I was yeah. wondering but, why. But then, like, some, some bands don't have that big variation of their sound. And already in a market that is super saturated with bands, everyone's got a band nowadays. Everyone's releasing music, and there's so much of the same stuff being released. I, I again, you putting out album after album very quickly on the same stuff is not going to really separate you from the crowd, mm-hmm. and and it's not going to it's not it's really not going to help your case very much. Which is why a lot of people say that like you know album releases aren't really don't help a band that much. It, touring and merchandise helps them more apparently. 
Right, I mean, that, and that's why they have to make a new album, though, is because they can't just tour on one album forever. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you get Sex Pistols. But uh, the, the thing is, the, the thing that Doc Coyle mentioned is that there's there's not really those excruciating long tours anymore either. Yeah. Metallica toured on the Black Album for three fucking years. Yeah. I mean, that's why they, it took so long for them to write Load, because mm-hmm. Black Album came out in 91, Load came out in 96, so that's five years in between. They toured for three of those years. They needed some time off. Yeah. I mean, now people are coming off tour and like writing the next album so they can go back on the road. A lot of people also, you know, they're they're writing they're writing their album on the on road. road. Yeah. Which, which is good. Is that it's good that you're continuing to be creative on the road. But if you're going to turn out an album that quickly thereafter, you know, let, let it sit for a while. Let it let it let, let the let the uh, let the buzz die a little bit, and then you can kind of come back and and throw a new album in their faces and. And be better, you know. But like, again, this argument leads to the one I was mentioning before, which is bands that take way too long mm-hmm. to do with new albums, which I think frustrates me more. When when you take like way too long to release an album, and it ends up really not being that great. So yeah, I mean, again, Metallica has been guilty of that twice. Well, yeah, I think that it was okay. That would be my eye advocate. Yeah, I really like that record. It's it's it's, it's a good album. Um, it's definitely way better than Saint Anger because I, I I I did like say Saint Anger was a decent album when it came out. I I, I will still go back and listen to it and say oh, okay, this is not atrocious. But after listening to Death, Death Magnetic, I was like, oh, okay, guys, you could have done better with that Saint Anger album. You doing <laughs> so, but. Um, some I'm trying to think of any other band that takes like a, a particularly long time. Tool. You, Tool with their story, apparently they have that. They have that whole legality thing, but then even so, it's like that. That was settled. I mean, they've been writing forever. Yeah. I mean, they've been teasing the fans for the longest time. Pictures in the studio mm-hmm. of all four members in the studio, even fucking Maynard. And then Maynard goes and was able to release a, a freaking Christopher record and go on tour with them. So. Are we going to wait another two years for a tool record? Yeah. So, with um, one one way I can understand a certain band not coming out with an album for a couple of years and and then finally doing it is if the members are on to other things. Right. I mean, so, Slipknot is a, is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't really care for the last Slipknot album, but since I think what it was, it was. First album, then Iowa, and then there was like this space, and then three came out. Yeah, and then there was and another then space, space, and then all of it's gone. Yeah, another space, two Stone Sour records. Um, uh, you know, before Joey left the band, like his uh, Scar the Martyr album came out. Two of those albums came out actually, I think. And then Slipknot came out with another one. Yeah, you know, I mean, then that way I can I can understand it. Again, it's a little bit rough because you have the members splitting off and doing other things. I mean, it's more material for you to have to go out and buy. But obviously, it's good because it's more music out there to to spread to the masses. So in, in, it's kind of double edged sword there. Um, my first thought when I was thinking of that particular um, uh, direction was Tarot. Oh, fucking yeah. love Taro. F- fucking love Marco uh, Hitsula. I believe that's how he does. does. Everything that guy has done so far, including his production work on some of the later Amorphous albums. He does production. Uh, he um, he does. I think I think he produced um, Skyforger. 
in particular for Amorphous. He may have done like the last few albums. I'm not sure. sure. I had no idea. Because there's one song on on Skyforger that he uh, he duets with. Okay. And Amorphous, a fantastic band. I think they're coming out and do one soon. Yes, they are coming uh, out coming out next Friday. Which, oh, well then, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> which uh, I I might go out and, and buy that one if I can find it somewhere because the store's not here. But anyway. but Taro, um, which was originally Marco and his brothers' um, band, when Marco joined up with Nightwish back for Century Child. Um, the band kind of took uh, a little bit of a hiatus in a way. Um, they did uh, Suffer Our Pleasures, and then they took break because Marco was back with Nightwish. They did uh, Crossfly Black, another long one, and then they did Gravity of Light. So every three, four years plus, Taro's releasing a new album because Marco's doing all this Nightwish stuff. And he also had time to kill with Northern Kings and everything. Right. So like, I can, I can hold out for another Taro album. Because I know that Marco's doing some cool stuff elsewhere. What so. about what about a guy like Arian? Arian, because I because I've watched the documentaries about his albums and I I know the process. He doesn't do stuff just to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the way he describes it is, he sits around and watches TV. He plays his guitar for two years, writes down everything he thinks is good, puts it together, makes an album. It's not him. It's not necessarily. He's not necessarily trying to write. A no, he just, he, he's just he's just fucking around. He's just fucking around, and based on what he has, he'll go. That sounds like it could be this. Let's make this album. Because I, I remember it distinctly. I think it was after Zero One came out that that was supposed to be the last Arion record, wasn't it, it? It technically was the last part of that story, um, which means that the theory of everything is not supposed to be related to that, but you can speculate all you want about it being something, especially because at the end of the album, there is the sound clip. Right. Yeah. But, so so he probably was just sitting around and he was writing some tunes, and all of a sudden, like, well, that doesn't sound like Star One. Yeah, it exactly. It doesn't sound like anything he would have done with Stu Passion, plus exactly. it was not in that band anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I guess I have to do a freaking Ariane record now. Yeah, that's basically how he does it. And, like, I think it was, it was in the, the, the Human Equation DVD, which I watched to hell and back yeah. because I loved that album. Um, but, you know, that's what he says. He's just around, fucking around, just says, okay, this sounds like this. Let's make an album of this. Let's go. And that's what he does, which is why which is why it seems to, like, trade off every time. He's like, okay, Arion. Now let's do Star 1. Back to Arion. Uh, Guilt Machine. Back to Arion. Star like 1. Yeah. Back to Arion. Gentle Storm. Probably back to Arion next. Because, I hope so. Be, that last one was really good. Yeah, because so, the way he works, again, it's spaced out because he's not trying to he's not trying to um, um, fit to uh, any sort of schedule or anything like that, which yeah, it's great for him. He records everything in his own house. He has his own uh, studio except for the drums. So he can do anything on, he wants on his own time. Mm-hmm. And I think with Gentle Storm was probably the first time he's toured for anything in a couple of years. Right. So he doesn't tour for anything, so he doesn't have to do anything. He's he's one of those artists who's known by name alone. Right. Because he's got a lot of people to, to sign on for him and everything like that. So he's one who will release an album every two, three years, which is a decent amount of time because the albums are always good, they're always big, they're always epic and long. So that I'm okay with. And they got Maiden, who takes what five years or four years in between albums too. Maiden takes that long, but again, they do long tours. That's true too. They like yeah, I remember like a back when Dance of Death came out, they were like, yeah, we're gonna slow down on our touring. I was like, no, you're not. 
No, you're fucking you not. You just go to travel further and not play as many shows because you have to travel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, now, did you see uh, the Sumble Jet they got? Yeah. Dear God. Which is, which is amazing because, like, like, Again, this is me gushing about Maiden. Just everything about them is awesome. <laughs> everything gets bigger as they get older. But the fact, the fact that they can, they, they collectively will buy a jumbo jet, fly their crew and every bit of equipment over to wherever they need to go, it just makes everything so simple. It's just perfect for them. Maiden all the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> raising, my, raising my fists. They, they are the... They're probably like almost like a death clock, you know. They're like yeah. the seventh largest economy in the world. They, they might as well be, but again, again, because of the fact that they tour so much, they need their time off. And obviously, now with Bruce Dickinson having to have gone through treatment for his uh, first cancer, you know, time off is expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they're not really a young band anymore, so a little bit longer of a time for them to sit there and, and be with their families and whatnot is expected. I just find it funny, like, sometimes I'd be like, I'd, be like, I'd just get, like, six months into a record, and I'm like, yeah, we're writing the next one now. Like, like this is, like, the, the newer bands. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's, uh, again, it's great that you guys are, that the bands are being as creative as they are, um, and able to make as much music as you are, but, you know, unless you're making super top-notch stuff every single time, scale it back a bit. Well, unless you're trying to come back from something like uh, Super Collider. <laughs> Megadeth. Yeah. You might, you, might re- you might want to record that one a little bit quicker, buddy. <laughs> Get that out there. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that they're still putting on good shows and everything. But Well, they have Chris Adler drumming for them now, so that's like, that's like whoa. So that's really good. Well, maybe it'll be like the the same kind of fire that um, that uh, Scott Travis put under uh, Judas Priest when they did uh, Pink Floyd. Because they came out uh, blazing the painkiller, which Judas Priest, another one that's their older band. Every couple of years they release something. Redeemer of Souls was fantastic, so they still got it in them. I can wait four more years. Mm-hmm. I can wait four more years for another good album like Redeemer of Souls. I mean, they, you definitely need something after uh, Nostradamus, which was uh, yeah. But again, it's. It's either it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Think if you put out too much, then you run the risk of having your stuff sound, you know, forced and exhausted. You do too uh, too little over time. No one's gonna know who the hell you are. Well, yeah, and and you run to the risk of having that one bit of material suck, and it's the last thing you're known for, and you don't want that. The other thing is for like some of these older bands, um, you know, I, I I remember when we saw Maiden. And it was the Dance of Death Tour. No, no, Matter of Life and Death Tour. Yeah. And they played Matter of Life and Death front to back. Oh, yeah. And you and I loved it. Oh, yeah. Because that album was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you heard the 40 and up crowd freaking out because they weren't playing Two Minutes to Midnight. I think, well, it's, it's funny because especially now, modern world, you can get the news anything on your phone everyone's got a fucking smartphone nowadays except for like one or two people who refuse to kind of tack on to it god bless you for being psychotic (laughs) but you can get the news you can hear all this information beforehand so you can go up you can can go see like oh Iron Maiden's playing their full new album oh that album I didn't really like maybe I won't go see them get the fuck out don't go see them don't pay this ticket to go see them because I don't want to hear you bitching about the show you just saw I've seen Iron Maiden with you 17 times, maybe once more without you. And every single time, every single tour, it's been good. They may not always play what I want to hear, but they've been great. So it's, 
Yeah, especially with a band like Maiden, you need to go see. I just, I, just, I just hate that when bands like Iron Maiden, Metallica, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, everyone considers them like a legacy act. Like they only want to hear the classics. Like guys, they released music since 1985. Yeah. You know that, right? <laughs> I mean, Iron Maiden has had a shit ton of music come out after Brave New World, and everyone thinks kind of like three albums plus now Book of Souls. Still, I mean, it's a shit ton of music. It's a, it's just every time they come around on a new album and they play some tracks from that new album, I was like, Ehh. and then they go around and do one of their legacy tours, and it's like, woo! We saw this show in '86. It's even better now, thirty years later. Yeah, but I, I, unfortunately, I can't even say anything from the opposite uh, perspective here because I haven't reached that point in my life where I'm like, oh man, this is nostalgia. I'm shit about nostalgia. I go there to Enjoy the enjoy the what I'm seeing in the in the moment, you know. So I haven't I haven't gotten old enough. I'm I'm, I'm hitting thirty in about five weeks. So ask me that. <laughs> oh, come on, just because you cross that threshold doesn't change anything. You're just salty because you passed it a long time ago. <laughs> Three years ago, fucker. <laughs> Speaking of salty about age, hey Pat, it's your birthday. Happy birthday! Yeah, in case you didn't know, it's the uh, our live show hosts. Uh, birthday today is well. Today we're recording on the 29th, not uh, not on Saturday, uh, on Sunday, like we normally do. But back into the conversation real quick. I was reading an article the other day uh, from Opeth uh-huh. uh, or about Opeth, and they were talking about. Um, I think it was. Are they doing something live soon, or they just was it just an interview? Well, they they just played Vakin, mm-hmm. and the last uh, I didn't get to watch. The uh, the video they actually have a pro shot video of it, and they play some they play some of their older stuff. I mean, they play some Deliverance. They play the song Deliverance, okay. and you know we've been talking about the last couple of weeks about how much they've changed over the last several years. Okay, that's that was I I can't remember what the article was. I think it may have been the, the Bakken pro shot thing, okay. but in in an interview recently with um, with Mikhail Ackerfeld, he had said that. A lot of people took to the previous album. The newest one was Pale Communion, right? Yeah. Okay. People took to Heritage very poorly. They did not like it at all. After time had passed and they listened to, to Pale Communion and put the two side by side, they were able to get a better appreciation of, her. of Heritage. Which leads into my argument about giving your music time to really sink in. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, again, with really bad albums like Super Collider, they don't ultimately sink in. But some things... She gets it. (laughs) But some things like, you know, the Opeth album, that was a change for them, apparently. I'm not too familiar with the album. It was a significant change. The album that came out before that was Watershed. Which I've heard half of them. And that was a heavier album, a little bit... Like, that's when they started to really start... Shifting away from the growling vocals, because okay. Ghost Reveries came out with a lot of growling vocals on that. that that's almost up there with like Blackboard Park or um, Deliverance as far as those kind of vocals. Uh, Warshake kind of toned that down a little bit, still kept the heavy music. Okay. Heritage came out, and that was a shift both musically and vocally, uh, because they became a lot more progressive in their music, though, and a lot less heavy. Like they toned down. A lot of the aggressiveness of the of the riffs, mm-hmm. and became more musical actually. And there was a lot more organ involved, a lot more different instrumentation, and they started to really experiment with their progressive sound. And 
they really, I think that's when they did their first record without growling vocals since Damnation. Mm -hmm. And Damnation was, that was its own thing. Yeah. So, um, that really took fans, like, that, that really, like, hit in the gut. Yeah. Cause there was, like, I, particularly, as soon as I heard that record, I loved it. Right. I loved the change. I loved what they were going for. I felt that I was able to appreciate Mikhail's vocals a lot better now because I actually understood what the hell he was saying. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they continued that progression on to Hell Communion, I thought it was fantastic. So the, the, the problem that people had, I guess, was the significant change yes. in the style. Um, and Mikhail was saying that once they had done Hell Communion, people were able to you know sit there and look at the two of them side by side, see what they were doing, and say, I have a greater appreciation for this change. Um, taking that significant change out of the question and kind of making it a little bit more general, you got to give the audience a little bit of time to really absorb an album. But also, you listen to an album, you think it's fantastic, you listen to it a year later and go, this really isn't as good as I thought. you got to give it a little bit more time to sink in and let, let it, you know, let people really get to crave new music from you. Don't just start throwing it in their face. Make people want it. Yeah, and I, I think you know, just throwing new music out there is just you know great. How do you feel about bands releasing quote unquote double albums and releasing one album and then six months later another one? I'm okay with that, but I don't like the pricing. Again, I'm a cheap motherfucker. If you're gonna release an album, a double album, you're gonna release. If you're gonna record music all together. And then release it six months apart as separate albums. Do not charge me full price, double full price for that. I want to like. Is that what happened with uh, System of a Down? Hypnotized Mesmerized? Yes, but I think I got those as promos from Tower. Ah. I'm talking more Stone Sour. Stone Sour. Again, two albums were great. I think I spent ten to twelve bucks on each of them, where I should have spent. 16 to 18 on a single double album. Right. I, I, this is Again, this is me being a cheap-ass motherfucker. It's not about me not wanting to give my money to, to the industry. This is about me saying, like, I don't want to pay. Five Finger Death Punch is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Back in the day with Guns N' Roses. Music mm -hmm. Illusion 1 and 2. The only, the, uh, the only album that I did not see that happen was, I, I'm, I have to double-check this on my own, but uh, Periphery just came out with a double album that Last year, I think it was, or this year, I forget which one it was, it was Juggernaut. Mm -hmm. And it's two separate discs, two separate casings and everything. I'm not sure if it came out like the same time or, or, or spread out, um, but I think those were relatively cheap. I think I got them each for like $9.99. Still, even so, like, I, I, I don't... You don't like them double dipping. Yeah, which, again, this is, this is outside of the, the world of music. Um, I'm a video game fan. And they pull that kind of shit a lot in the video game world. Really? And it is, yeah, like, there's a lot of bullshit nowadays, um, which, uh, you, you only have to be in, in the, in the know to, to know certain things like discs. Games are now all on disc for right. the most part. What a lot of companies are doing is releasing games with content on the disc, and you have to pay to unlock it. Oh, so it's okay. a bullshit like that, and okay. that's and like again, this you know, bands releasing double albums like like that, separate and everything. It's not as egregious as that, but I just feel like you don't need to do that. Right. I mean, I, if you're releasing a double album, release it as a double album. Yeah. Like 
here's here's the thing. This is the way it works. Right. One of your one of your bands. If you if they took Living Infinite and released it separately, I likely would not have bought one version of it, one of the copies of it. And also, like we we had said last week, it's kind of a fluff album. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some filler in there. Yeah. I definitely, if I had to buy it separately, I probably would have been a little bit more disappointed with the record as a whole. Yeah. I think the the, the way that they did it was probably was better to release it as a double record only because they had so much filler stuff in there because it kind of made it almost like a like a Pink Floyd the Wall type of thing where not every track was music. It was like something else in between or something like that. Yeah. Like instrumentals and whatnot. There so, was no story to Living Infinite, right? No, it's not a concept record. Okay. It's just that I think they just had a shitload of music that they didn't know what to do with. Okay. Because they didn't want cutting songs. Because that's where um, I'm a little torn about the Stone Sour album. Right. Stone Sour's um, House, of, uh, House of Golden Bones or House of Bones and Golden? House of Golden Bones. House of, House of Golden Bones. Uh, released in two parts. It is a concept from start to finish. It is a, it is a concept story. So there are parts of the second album that are reprises of the first album. So I can understand them splitting it up, but I don't like it. I would rather them just put it together in one album, you know, just the wall it up. And throw it together in one thing. The like, yeah, the the case you made out of the uh, two out of the two records, yeah, cool. Uh, we don't need that. Yeah, they're still folded up and on my CD rack over here. I'm not making that goddamn house album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I have it. In, I I, made, I put it together as the, as the house once, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Bye. Put it back together. All right. So I I just think that they should have just done it together in in one album. Um. Which people always say, like, oh, bands don't do double albums anymore. It's like, yeah, plenty of them do. They just release them separately. Yeah. You know? Like, that whole thing with the Five Figure Death Punch, they released two albums in, like, six months of each other, and they were, you know, part one, part two, or they had different names. <laughs> the thing is, there was no reason to do that. And they weren't, they weren't, like, there was nothing special to discern either one of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were just Five Figure Death Punch records. Yeah. And we've, we've had our conversations about them before. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, they're going to they're releasing another one, I think, next month. I should say, I think the same day as uh, Maiden comes out, they come out with a new album, too. And it's just like, we just released something like a year ago, maybe two, yeah. and it was a double record. It's like, you got to really have that much else to say. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing. It's like, like when, when bands say they're coming out with, with new material, and it's like, if it sounds too much like everything else that they've done, like, you need to just kind of space out your time. Mm-hmm. Which is why, like, Slayer. Slayer hasn't changed their sound in forever. But they still take, what, between four and six years to release an album? Yeah, Christ Illusion was a while ago. Christ Illusion, um, was Christ? No, World Pain and Blood was 2009. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Christ yeah. Illusion was 2006. Uh, World Pain and Blood was 2009, I think. But still, there are several years between their albums. They're exactly the same. But there are several years between it that you can sit there and say, Oh, fuck! These guys! It's Slayer! Yeah, them! Them! <laughs> So you can again if you, if you make everything sound the same, don't release it that fast. If you're gonna you're gonna branch out and vary, you're gonna branch out and vary, do whatever the hell you want, and then turn out you know material every six months. I don't care, but you know take a little bit of time back and, and really polish your shit. Don't literally polish your shit. That's gross. <laughs> and and with that, we have hit over an hour. We've been talking for fucking thirty six minutes about bands and releasing stuff. So, with that, I encourage you to go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash adamantstemplum, for my recreational warfare gameplay videos, for a whole bunch of Shred Shack videos, including the poster discussion that we had before we moved, I moved down to Texas. 
Part two of that will be coming out in the second week of September. You can also look forward to uh, the top three video for August that my brother here and I are going to be uh, recording next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the top, our top three picks plus a few honorable mentions um, for the month of August, and it's going to be really tough because despite the fact that we have some pretty definitive choices already, there is a lot of good stuff this month. Yeah, that number three spot's going to be tough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, aside from that, go to Twitter.com, username Novus Redemptor for me, uh, Facebook.com slash Temple for my Facebook page where I post up every little thing that I do, including this podcast. Um my YouTube channel, and this, that, and the other things. So go check it out, facebook.com slash Templum. Chris, what do you got? On Instagram and Twitter, I am UpTheIron3314. On Facebook, facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. If you're looking for some online fitness uh, consulting and guidance, um, also just friend me on Facebook. I usually uh, kind of piggyback on Dan and uh, repost everything that he does and I usually post about musical articles. So a lot of stuff that we talk about here, uh, I usually post the article about previously. So if you guys are interested in what we're talking about, I usually give a heads up. Yeah, I, I get a notification once every two days. It says, Chris tagged you in a post. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> we should talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just because it's, it's the two of us here, um, as I mentioned on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Templum, episode went up today. Today is Saturday. Okay. Went up two days ago, if you're listening to this on Monday. Um, <laughs> new series for Recreational Warfare, my Let's Play series, um, The Next Tetris, which features me and my brother playing The Next Tetris because we have a decade-old grudge to settle. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of fun to play, a little bit of fun to edit. <laughs> I gotta watch that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, you should probably watch it tonight. It's actually really good. Um, but that's gonna be running for a couple of weeks. Otherwise, check out all the other stuff. I actually got him to agree to play some Lego games with me because it's Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and The Hobbit. He would not have agreed to otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm just gonna just gonna use that to sucker him in. Nerds, Legos, okay. <laughs> and, and lastly, check out the, uh, the the Shred Shack live show with Pat and Reese every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on MyWCWP 89.7 FM. Um, they play two hours of heavy metal. They throw down a little bit of their own little banter, similar to what we do. And um, they throw in a little bit of discussion because they do have people listen in live. So join the discussion, listen to the show, request a song or two. Uh, join up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. Tell them how much you love the show. Tell us how much you love the podcast. And until next time, I'm Dan Mack. This is Chris Mack. And we bid you adieu.